At the end of civilization, humanity struggles to survive. Will they also succeed in keeping their humanity alive? Fleeing across a landscape of death, survivors will gather. Some will know each other and some will be strangers, but together they must find some sense of family or they will assuredly find ruin alone. A world of perpetual grays where staying alive eclipses all notions of morality. Or does it? Can people keep looking into the abyss and learn to ignore its baleful gaze back? Can hope for normalcy be retained or is death just the order of the day? Will humanity rebuild or simply become the monsters they fight until monsters are all that's left? At the end of civilization, will humanity be able to live for a brighter future, or will they only learn to fear the walking dead? Greetings! Welcome to your Fear the Walking Dead cast, covering Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 5 tonight. Uh, title of the show was Go-Getters, and I'm joined with most of my usual cohort, Mike Zumo, Brian Hughes, Serotonin, who's live in the studio tonight, actually. So wave and say cool. hello. Well, say hello and wave because they can't see you wave. Hello. Hello. She's I feel waving. like Lenny and Sarah's waving. I'm waving. Hello. <laughs> I don't know why, but on this show, I always feel like Lenny or Squiggy when I say hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. It's Have I reached those, the party to whom I am speaking? Yes, it's just one of those formal podcasting greetings to make everyone feel warm and fuzzy before we start talking about gore and horrible things. Yeah. So, not not a lot of horrible things tonight, but... Uh, gore. No, there was horrible things. There just wasn't gore. No, no, just horrible no. things to, to walkers and, and people being scared. And, and a very shorter IRS on it. Yes, and, and so the, the gremlin from hell. Uh, <laughs> I swear everything and I swear this show actually takes place in the 1970s we've got like a gremlin we've got like 70s style rolling skates in it it's just uh, it's, it's bizarro roller skates <laughs> that's what I said you know you said rolling rolling skates whatever they they, they roll <laughs> when they're in motion they're rolling skates aren't they <laughs> go to your room <laughs> yeah. This is my room. <laughs> All right. Uh, but anyway, uh, this episode, we uh, head back over to the hilltop, finally. Maggie's waking up and is informed by the doctor the baby is actually fine, despite some complications. Uh, some medical term that, I don't know if you remember it, I didn't bother to write it down, because I don't think I'll ever have That's to worry about it. And uh, the doctor said she should probably stay at the colony until giving birth, just so he can, you know, because he's... One of, like, three doctors in the world, so it'd be good to keep her close. Afterwards, Sasha, uh, Sasha showed the mom-to-be where her husband and Abraham were buried, and she returned Herschel's watch, which had been in Glenn's pocket, and uh, put it on his grave. All Abraham had was a cigar, appropriately enough. Um, happening upon them, Jesus explained uh, that he left Maggie blue flowers at her bedside because he's heard they inspire strength and calming and the green ones he brought for the graves because they, they represent release. An old hippie Buddhist Jesus. Um, just then, Gregory came huffing up and pissed that Maggie and company had told them that they had gotten rid of all the saviors when clearly they had not. And upon ascertaining that Negan hadn't learned about the deal that the hilltop made with the Alexandrians, uh, Gregory 
making an entirely accurate douchebaggy impression on Sasha, uh, told the mother-to-be that the doctor's uh, orders be damned, Maggie and Sasha had to leave. Jesus tried to save them, but um, Ting, but was shot down. Or crucified, if you want. If we want to get really indignant. <laughs> Gregory... I'll smack you. Someone should. <laughs> Verbally or physically. This episode had my favorite line that I've heard on TV in a long time. Uh, I, I bet I can guess what it might be. <laughs> what do you want, Jesus? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talking to Jesus. Yes, I just, I like crack up like a 10-year-old every time someone even addresses him. It's just absurd. Gregory argues that if they leave, that they have plausible deniability that they didn't have any dealings with the, the Alexandrians. Uh, in the end, though, Jesus was only able to get Maggie and Sasha an overnight extension. After that, he'd escort them home himself. Cause he's that kind of cool savior. Except not a savior. Back in Alexandria, uh, Carl balked at the idea of going on a supply run with Dad to obtain goods to hand over to the saviors. Michonne wasn't going either, and before Rick left, she turned uh, he she turned his kiss on her cheek into a much more meaningful and intimate one. And when Carl asked why she had stayed behind, she explained uh, that she was trying to figure out how they were going to make this horrible situation work. Shortly thereafter, uh, Carl discovered Enid sneaking out to walk to Hilltop, always a good idea, and see Maggie, but uh, didn't volunteer to accompany her, saying that I'm not saving you anymore. It's a lie, Carl. Bad Carl. Uh, meanwhile, of course it is. <laughs> Just seen that one coming. Uh, meanwhile, at the hilltop, Sasha suggested to Jesus that perhaps uh, he was better suited to Gregory's job than Gregory was. Pretty much, I think anybody would be uh, determined to find a way for Maggie to stay. Sasha floated the idea of leaving herself and scavenging for the hilltop to pay for her friend's way. Finally, she became frustrated with Jesus's constant uncertainty. I just try to help. He offered. Maybe you got to do more. She replied. And at that, he handed her Abraham's necklace and offered her condolences. And you said that was actually Rosita's necklace, right? Rose, yeah, Rosita gave yeah. it to him. So, yeah, a little awkward. Uh, noting that the ill... This was a great line, too. Uh, Jesus noted that the ill-fated Hulk had been the rare individual who could say things that make you smile and wince simultaneously. And that's pretty much Abraham in a nutshell. <laughs> One question I had... Where did the bodies go after the squishing? I, I think they went to the hilltop. the hilltop. Yeah, they're actually in the graves in Hilltop. They're, they're buried at Hilltop. Yeah. I thought they had gone to Alexandria for some reason. Well, there's another like plot hole that a lot of reviewers have been picking at because it's like it almost seems like Sasha and Maggie carried the two bodies to Hilltop. You know, yeah, I know. else left in the RV to go back. <laughs> well, where did the truck that Negan left go? I don't know. Maybe that's what they. What did he leave? He left just the. He left the pickup truck. Just the pickup. And a pickup truck. So they must have zapped by, you know, hilltop, dropped them all off and the corpses, and then then headed home to Alexandria. I, I guess, guess so. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll give the the writers a pass on that one, I guess. That episode gave me the impression that Maggie and Sasha. Were Right, yeah, uh, but they were also, she was like, I have to take Glenn's body, and they let her, you know, and her and Sasha did, um, and Rosita and Sasha were carrying off Abraham's, presumably to put it in the vehicle, so, yeah, they must have gotten a ride there somewhere, because I don't think Maggie was in the really best of shape, unless it was like, oh, it's right up there, it's 100 yards, 
which we didn't really know where they were in relation to Hilltop. But no, we didn't. Yeah, a little sloppiness there, uh, but unfortunately, we've come to expect that this season. So anyway, Enid's bike bicycling to Hilltop, and she's approached by a walker. Uh, before it could do her any harm, it's hit by a car that's driven by Carl, who uh, Sarah said earlier made me laugh that has has apparently inherited his dri- his driving abilities from his mother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And he claims he was just out for a leisurely Sunday drive, you know. Of course. No big thing. That night at the hilltop, Maggie and Sasha were awakened by dramatic music coming from a car outside and discovered that the colony's gates open and fires burning and the gremlin from hell blaring Beethoven, I believe it was. Uh, <laughs> clearly a greeting from the saviors as the walkers begin lumbering in. Um, Maggie instructed Jesus and some others to shut the gates and help protect Sasha as she tried to shut off the music. Fortunately, the uh, gremlin was very well sealed with a nice little middle finger finger, uh, emblem there to drive home the point. And while she and Jesus battled walkers, Maggie springs to action. Maggie tater ship and rolls over uh, most of the undead and the vehicle with a farm tractor. And uh, it was glorious. Yes, but I'm very concerned about the fact that she did this before before the apocalypse. But she did. She was a farmer girl, so she knew how to wrangle it. Oh, it yeah. A Camaro, no big yeah, 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 she did it too. She ran over an old boyfriend's car with a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it if you're a farm girl, you know. Either that or you run over him with something even worse. Because of Maggie's act of heroism, Jesus puts his foot down with Gregory uh, about her and uh, Sasha, only to have the hilltop sleazy leader taunt that if a younger man, if the younger man wanted to be in charge, he could just say the word. The broken gate, the saviors, the people, all this could be yours if he struck, stuck around for more than five minutes. Because um, Jesus is a bit of a wanderer, as as, as we all know. Uh, once they were joined by Maggie and Sasha, Gregory told them that they could take some rhubarb preserves as a thank you for last night. What a guy. But if Sasha wanted to get him to accept her offer to leave, if Maggie could stay behind, they'd have to, you know, discuss it one-on-one, nudge-nudge, wink-wink, say no more. Just then the saviors, and Maggie put a stop to that, uh, just then the saviors came rolling in, uh, so Gregory sent the women into hiding and, and downed a shot of courage before feigning ignorance to Simon about Rick's attack on Negan's outpost. Now I'm 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 loving Simon. Obviously, Negan like makes all his lieutenants go to the Negan School of Drama because he's just kind of try to turning it up, you know, and being douchey and clever, just like his his dear leader. Yeah, but I find Simon scarier than Negan. He is a little bit, isn't he? He's not. He hasn't got quite <laughs> as pleasant a grin as Mister Morgan does. <laughs> he's just a little more skeevy looking. The smile is menacing. Yeah, yeah, indeed. He reminds me of Steve Lombard from Man of Steel. Steve Lombard. He was the uh, the reporter that was hitting on the younger girl, the bald guy. He was also in Dawn. He was also in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, that's Steve Lombard with a little douchey. Yeah. 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 Well, Steve Lombard's always douchey. Clearly but that's beside the point. <laughs> I didn't remember his part in that. I, I mean, that wasn't a very good Steve Lombard. No. No. But, um, no, I mean, it, he didn't have, to me, the sense, the feeling of menace that you got from Negan and Lucille. Well, yeah, you always just, got that back. This is, this is just someone that really enjoys being a bully. Yeah. 
You know, uh, Negan, when it, when he's a bully, he's a bully, but he has a purpose. And you can tell that there are those that he likes and those he doesn't care about. You know, it's, it's one or the other. Yeah. And with Simon, he just likes lording it over anyone and everyone. Well, and, and Gregory is such a, a, a obvious sniveling coward that, you know, he's, right. he's like yeah. prime, prime with the worst material. With the worst poker face ever. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, he, he was problematic in the comics that way, too. Uh, well, he tells Simon that after the Savior stunt last night, message received. Naturally, that led to Simon asking, oh, what do you mean, what message? And, and uh, Gregory, to his credit, doesn't spill the beans completely, but he's like, oh, you know, just that you showed us who the boss is and... Um, but turns out the saviors had been planning on killing all the zombies that wandered in for them, you know, until Sasha and, and Jesus and Maggie got on the job, uh, just to prove the, uh, you know, the worth of, of, of their protection service and to remind the, the coddled people of the hilltop what the, the dead look like. You could tell, Ken, that Gregory overplayed his hand at first. Oh, yeah, well... He's, yeah, I don't know how this guy ever got elected. It must have been a, as poor a choice as, as some of our elections. <laughs> well, you got to figure, you know, when you're dealing with something like Negan, it's like, all right, who's the leader here? Whack. Yeah. Okay, yeah, this who's guy. the leader here? Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was the last man standing. Yeah, exactly. They already tried to kill him once. Uh, yeah, when Gregory suggested that his people must have uh, picked up some of uh, his skills from uh, Simon's associates, I don't think Simon believes them, uh, but the Savior noted that Negan's previous reps had gone too soft and were now very, very dead. Yeah, but on the plus side, their killers uh, had been begun to work for Negan and were real go-getters. That's our show title. Um, also, Simon had been tasked with being... Negan's new rap at the hilltop. That being the case, any uh, hitches in the giddy-up he should be aware of? Yes, in fact, Gregory said, but rather than cop to his collusion with Alexandria, um, he reveals a closet that he was kind of hoping that would be the one that Sasha and Maggie were in, but he revealed that a case of scotch is in there. And uh, it's still Simon and his men took half of everything, including all the scotch, which they thought Gregory was just going to break down and cry on that one. And, of course, he took uh, Gregory's fine, fine painting that was in his office that Simon was checking out earlier. I wasn't buying, though, that Simon was a gin man. I I don't know, you know. It, he looks like I a scotch drinker. No, nah, I don't think he's sophisticated yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, he's PBR and... and he was looking for a 40-ounce. Like bottom shelf whiskey <laughs> at best, yeah. <laughs> but he, he was going to take the credit and give it to Negan himself and be like, here's what I got you, boss, you know. Bend over so I can kiss your ass a little more. Uh, anyway, also he makes Gregory kneel before him and said he has a fine, mighty fine kneel. Hoofing it to the hilltop with Enid, Carl explained that he wasn't sorry that he'd seen Glenn and Abraham's death because it meant when he got the chance to kill Negan, he wouldn't have a choice. Uh, even invites his new girlfriend to go along with him, you know, to do murdery stuff. Uh, <laughs> further along the road, Carl finds a backpack containing not one, but hey, two pairs of roller skates allowing him and Enid to enjoy the kind of roller skating date that was highly unlikely post-apocalypse or even pre-apocalypse these days. Does anybody even go roller skating anymore? Oh, I don't. Yeah. 
I mean, we don't, but my son does. Yeah, cool, cool. Didn't know if it was a, like a lost art of the uh, disco era or not. You know, last last week on. we went to a drive-in movie theater and saw uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, yeah. And right next to where the concession stand is, they've got an ice skating rink. Oh, okay. I live in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a week, a week ago it was 90 degrees outside. Today it's 50. But still... <laughs> Texas, November, and an ice skating rink. I don't get it outside. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Yeah, we just wait for ponds to freeze over around here and, and things like that. <laughs> it would it would have made more sense if it had been like uh, skateboards. I, I could have seen skateboards rather than the, the roller skates. Roller blades, maybe even, you know, I don't know. Uh, anyway, we get a nice little hands holding scene, and I thought they really uh, you know missed the dropped the ball on this, and that I, they should have gone like some poppy '60s love tune and, and done a good like musical montage over the uh, the roller skating, in my opinion. But it was one now of was was that kiss his first on screen kiss? Yeah, I think so. I don't think he's yeah, I think so. Ever really interacted with anyone else, even remotely his age. Um, so well, I was just wondering. I, I know I, I remember them holding hands before. I just didn't know if they had kissed before in their other moments, like when they're out there hiding in the trees. And nope. Yeah, no, not that the herd came by. Not that we saw on screen. Um, hopefully, we won't have to see another one soon because I don't know. I just don't think there's a lot of chemistry between those two actors at all. Man, I'm just not buying it. When you're uh, a, a kid that age in um, in puberty is you know just onset and all that, uh, every girl is your type. Oh sure, S- especially in the zombie apocalypse. I, yeah. you, you're you're going to have chemistry to the tree stump. Probably true. <laughs> and as I posted on uh, Facebook, I think on our Facebook group, uh, Chandler Riggs is going to be going to Auburn College. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be <laughs> seeing a lot of friends. Uh, he's going to be learning learning a lot really quickly at that school. Can you imagine Carl from Walking Dead going to school? It'd be horrible. Anyway, when they were arrived at the hilltop, the saviors were still there, but Carl could tell uh, that Negan himself wasn't there. Realizing that Carl hadn't been out for a drive, finally, uh, Either was kind of a not very sharp. <laughs> was it was the sharp tool in the shed or sharpest mm-hmm. tool in the shed? She wasn't really grasping things real well, but she finally realized, "Oh, you weren't really just out for a drive, were you? You were gonna kill Negan." Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, considering they discussed it in an earlier scene, yeah, you thought she would have caught on to that earlier. But uh, Enid asked how he'd get away with it even if he succeeded, and I don't think that really matters to Carl at this point. He just wants to do the job. Um, and then they kiss, and after she kissed him, um, he just took off and is still determined to go after Negan, and she's going to Hilltop. So, Back inside Barrington House, Gregory was livid because the douchebag that he is, he hadn't intended to give away his whole, bag, his whole case of scotch, he intended to, uh, Simon to find Maggie and Sasha, uh, where he told Jesus to stash them.
Finally, Jesus stands up, uh, stands up to the hilltop's leader, threatening to expose his pact with Alexandria if he didn't let Maggie and Sasha stay. So you're going to be in charge now? Gregory marveled. No, Jesus, it's just that... Or no, Jesus replied, it's just that you aren't going to be. Uh, coward that he is, Gregory caved immediately. Um and even called his interaction with the Savior's progress, but when he tried to lecture Maggie on how reasonable they could be, she hauls off and slugs him, and she also saw that he was carrying Glenn's watch, scumbag, uh, which, well, it shouldn't have been left out in the rain like that. And she lets him know how it's going to be, that this is their home now, and he's going to call her by her real name, not Marsha, not dear, not honey, but Maggie, Maggie Ree. Woohoo! <laughs> A little later, Jesus tells Maggie and Sasha that when he first arrived at the hilltop, uh, Gregory was already in charge, um, and people just kind of let him be in charge for you know, said reasons we probably talked about earlier. It's like, yeah, well, I don't want to be responsible in the face of this tyrant Negan guy, so we'll let this guy do it. Still, he couldn't imagine anyone else in Gregory's place until now, and and the, the clueless ladies ask, well, who are you thinking of? And they're like, ah, oh, well, we'll talk about it later. But clearly he's thinking of the men. He's already on board with the Maggie Tatership. He also promised to make it up to them for not talking to Gregory sooner. Uh, and if he really wanted to make it up to them, Sasha said he could find out where Negan lives. Which he's like, yeah, I could do that. I'm, I'm sexy Jesus. I can do anything. Since one of the Savior's trucks was headed exactly there, that's what he did. But he wasn't crazy about her idea of uh, keeping the news from Maggie. But Sasha's obviously thinking of a little uh, assassination trip herself. Nearby, Maggie uh, discovered Enid at what she thought was Glenn's grave, was actually Abraham's, with her uh, green balloons. Maggie wasn't okay, she admitted, but that she will be. Gives Enid a big hug. Over dinner with Enid and Sasha, Maggie said that she'd be that she decided not to use her dad's pocket watch to mark Glenn grave, Glenn's grave, but give it instead to her husband's young friend. So he gives the, she gives the watch to Enid. We don't need anything to remember him by. We have us. Uh, and then I got something in my eye. And the episode drew to a close. <laughs> Sasha smoked Abraham's cigar. She sharpened a blade. And, of course, Jesus sneaks into the truck. And all of a sudden, Carl pops up and says, Hey, Jesus. <laughs> well, you, did Carl know who you, know Jesus? Where are you headed? Yeah, they met, haven't they? Yeah, because they were, he was, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I can't say that definitively, but I'm pretty sure they had interaction before over it when they first got Jesus over and brought him to Alexandria briefly. Yeah, I guess if Carl didn't know him, he wouldn't have come out. Yeah. Or he would have just shot him, more than likely. <laughs> he didn't really have a gun, does he? No. But, yep, so it's going to be the Carl and Jesus Roadshow, presumably. <laughs> Maybe not next week, but interesting to see that. Um, i got to think that's going to play out by... Jesus talking Carl not into go, going into a suicide mission and just finding out where the guy lives and then organizing something else. But Jesus, Jesus saves. Yeah, Jesus. Hopefully, you know. There's been a big nasty rumor going around the internet that you know that they're going to kill off Carl because um, the actor's you know starting college. You know, which is ridiculous because you can do both. Yeah. They can arrange a schedule. Yeah. So. You think he's going he's gonna to give up whatever he gets paid? Yeah. Especially now that he can actually claim the money? Yeah. Well, what actually kind of sparked it was, like, I think it, like his dad or something posted a tweet about, you know, successful seven-year contract completed, and, and everyone was like, 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, it just probably means he's signing another contract for more money. And so they're just happy to be out of that one so he can start actually. You know, so they'll have to sign it to an, adult, to an adult contract. Yeah. I don't know. I just read another article today, though, that said the, the, the ratings have been dropping, like, pretty sharply since the first first episode, so I'm not sure if, uh, like, more dramatically than, I think it was the lowest ratings since third season or something of that effect, but, so you might be losing some people. I don't know, what'd you guys think? I've talked long enough. Well, it wasn't one of my favorite episodes. No. You know, I, I, the thing is, is that I, I, I find myself more and more yelling at the screen for, you know, stupid things that are going on. You know, if Maggie and Sasha are spotted by any of Negan's people, yeah. you can pretty much say the jig is up. Yeah. In in so many ways, because, you know, you all know that Rick lied, Rick and them lied to him about Maggie, Father Gabriel and his creepy moments, uh, you know got away with something he'd probably be the one to meet lucille in that regard yeah but you know just that and then hilltop it'd be done there and you know if and then gregory should have been smart enough to know that giving up the girls would basically wind up with him getting lucille as well yeah yeah i didn't really understand that ploy uh but doesn't seem like the brightest man in the in the universe so well, he's acting like Lex Luthor in Superman too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Don't do it; it's a trap. Poisonous snake. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but that's you know that's all I'd say. You know, it's just the thing is, is that there's there's a lot more stupid being written into the script, and they have to write this stupid to make things happen. Yeah. To make certain elements of the plot move forward, they just need to be better about it so that it doesn't look so doesn't make you question what the characters are thinking. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we can see their motivations. We know why Carl wants to go kill Negan, but given how I just don't know if I buy him going off alone to do it. He's got to know it's a death sentence, basically. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Negan likes Carl. Right, but I don't think he's going to let him just cap him in the head. Have you not read the comic? <laughs> yes, I have, but I'm trying not to be spoilery. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, are, I mean, like in a comic, is... No, I better not ask. No, but, I'm not. No, I, I, the thing is, is that the one thing I've seen with, with these guys is that you know, with the Daryl moment, you know, you knew there was going to be a cost for that. Yeah. Just because of the the situation that they were in. But now, if there is somebody that Negan has plans for, you know, they're not going to be able to to punish them the way that they would like to. Yeah. And so you, you got to figure, I mean, Carl should have been capped. Yeah, you know, he's, so he's when, probably banking on that. He, Yeah, he knows that Negan, or he probably feels like Negan won't immediately take him out, but I yeah. don't the kid's 20 foot tall and bulletproof. He doesn't think he's going to get caught. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, just this, this episode was really so much filler to me. And again, it was more of the, you're in uh, the no win situation. You're screwed. Get down on your knees. Take it like a, you know, take it like a punk. There's only so much, so much longer that that is going to fly. 
I guess they feel like they need to show us that at every different society that we run into or something. Like, we didn't get it the first time. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what it tells me, though, what it tells me after this episode and the previous episodes is that Negan doesn't know where the kingdom is. Yeah, probably not, because that's kind of the point of them meeting separately. But Right, and Ezekiel arranged arranged it so they could provide them the pigs and whatever they're providing them. Yeah. Just to keep them away, keep them not looking for them. That and to keep Ezekiel's people in the dark. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but I don't know if there's really a logic that Negan gives a shit about that. It's like, why would he even agree to that? It's like, you almost think that he would be like, I want your people to know about me. I want them to be terrified. Um, so hopefully we get some insight onto how Ezekiel swung this deal. Because I don't even remember if they explained it in the comics or not. But, um, yeah, that, that intrigues me how he was, you know, the apparently the one one guy that was able to do a preemptive <laughs> you know defense against the bat <laughs> or if he had to serve up a couple people to the bat that we don't know about <laughs> but do you know what the other mistake was in this episode jesus talked too much don't have jesus talk so much he is a man of action and skill he is that guy that gets things done he's not the guy you want talking and if you want want them to remain an enigma, you keep them quiet. Michonne was an enigma for several seasons because she didn't say anything. Yeah, right. And she still doesn't say very much. Um, I don't know. Thoughts? As long as Jesus gets screen time, I don't care if he's talking or not. <laughs> Rock me, sexy Jesus. <laughs> By the way, our, our final song tonight, if you listen that long, is going to be Rock Me, Sexy Jesus from the movie Hamlet 2. It's probably none of you ever heard of, but you should look it up and watch it because it's bizarre. And see, all I hear in my head now is the Rock Me Amadeus. Rock Me Amadeus. <laughs> Sung to the tune of Rock Me. Rock it's a much better tune. Sexy Jesus. Much better tune. Uh, I just posted the video on our Fear the Walking Dead cast Facebook page, actually, so enjoy. <laughs> but on the upside, anybody who needs to make a quick couple of bucks should challenge Carl to a game of darts. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully he's not thinking of attacking Negan with any kind of thrown weapon whatsoever. Um, that depth perception is, is really suffering since the eye accident. Yeah, it should help his shooting, though. I don't... Maybe. Yeah, I guess it would. You close your eye when you're aiming. Right. Yeah. I don't. Sometimes I close both eyes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Brain prey. <laughs> what arm was Carl using to throw the darts with? Is Carl right or left-handed? He is right-handed. So wouldn't he have to learn how to do everything? Because Negan was going to take off his left arm. Right, okay. Oh, right, yeah. So doesn't he have to learn how to do everything with his left now? Why? Because he has no right eye? I don't know. Can he, can he aim with his right hand without a right eye? Obviously mm. not, because yeah. he missed the board every <laughs> throw. <laughs> I'm like He'll the worst. I'm it's like the worst new. dart player in the world, and I, I do better than that. Drunk and with my eyes closed. Well, if you're drunk, it doesn't matter. No, I actually get better the drunker I get, or at least because oh. you aim for the board in the middle. That's it. Yeah, sights <laughs> it right up for me. <laughs> but I got got to give him props for trying to tackle more than one plot at least in this episode. We had kind of a half subplot going on. And we got to check in with the folks at Alexandria, at least. Rick and Michonne, at least. Yeah, we got to see Rick that Rick is going somewhere. 
Yeah. Too bad we didn't have an extra sized episode. We could have put a couple things in, you know, uh, instead of what we had last week. But you know, if they had an, an extra half hour for this episode, yeah, they could have expanded some of those subplots a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I probably he, would have lost interest myself. I, I lost interest <laughs> in the time that we had. I kind of, well, yeah. Too. We just rewatched it, and I, I, I don't think I didn't recall much from the first time I watched it. I either just didn't pay much attention to it because it was boring or the problem is we're five episodes in more than halfway through the the first fall the, yeah. the first half of the season and we're still moving pieces on the board yeah always. nothing of note has happened yet now it looks like we're gonna get Tara and maybe Heath next week but... that's the yeah, that's what IMDB says yeah apparently uh, Heath uh, is done shooting 24 Oh, okay. there you go. <laughs> I had a. I met a person that had never seen an episode of this show the other day. Yeah. Actually, it was Sunday when this was broadcast, and I found myself explaining they're usually a whole lot more action. It's not normally this boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's killing a lot of people, but man, that's that's the way this show's going. It's it's world it's civilization building time, so. I guess if you don't want to see that, you're not going to like the show anymore. Yeah, season six kind of meandered the same way. Yeah, that didn't even go freaking anywhere, though, man. I, I don't know. At least wait, they had a wait. little more interplay with Alexandrians and stuff, but this is just mm-hmm. going to be all over the map for a while because... I'm trying to remember. Um, sometime before Tyrese got killed... There was a, a reveal where they showed thousands and thousands of thousands of walkers in a herd. Was that in the in DC, or where was that? And I mean, is is that just the what we what we finally saw later that took out Tyrese? That 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 one herd of walkers. Well, it didn't take out Tyrese. It was the the, the herd that he actually got into and. Fought his way out of before he wound up getting killed. Oh yeah, that was that was what that was late season five, right? You're Wasn't that before the, the big group that was the, the quarry. outside of Alexandria? No, no, Ty- no. Tyrese no. was long gone by then. This okay. was I remember seeing it after they came across Abraham and Eugene, but before Tyrese was gone. Wasn't that when they went to no- where Noah's hometown or whatever it was? Yeah. Oh yeah. After after the hospital, the thing yeah. was the, the the giant reveal of all the walkers was just that it was just a giant reveal of all the walkers, gigantic herd of thousands of them. Yeah. But they never showed anything even close to that afterwards. We never got really a follow up unless it was that smaller herd that we saw Tyrese fight his way out of. Yeah. I think they were still closer to Atlanta at that point, weren't they? Yeah, because that's where the hospital was. Right. The hospital's in Atlanta. And then I think right after that, isn't that when they started traveling north? I don't know. They, they need to do the Indiana Jones map thing for us or something. Just know where all this is taking place. It would kind of help unscramble the brain a little bit. Actually, I'm sure there's some fine person on the internet that's put this all together. And there's a website about it. <laughs> or, or, you know, like a little map that we get from, like, Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones yeah. to kind of show us where, yeah. like, yeah, Alexandria and Hilltop, sure. all that, where all that stuff is. Yeah, Just so we have an idea. I almost guarantee you there's, there's at least a fan's, you know, perception of everything out there. So. 
I mean, I have no idea. There's no idea how, how far away Hilton. Here's your homework, listeners. Join our Facebook page, Free the Walking Dead Cast. Is all you have to do is search for it and throw us some like Walking Dead timeline links and map links and any kind of links you want, and um, that would be great. Oh, there's t- there's definitely timeline links. Yeah, yeah. I love the only timeline pro- websites. The only problem is this show and Fear are separate. Right. I'd like to go on one so I can just look at the whole thing. You guys been watching the little uh, mini episodes that they've been showing on the, you know, that supposedly ties into Fear the Walking Dead, I think. I'm actually intrigued by it, but I haven't watched any of it. I mean, you know, gone online to watch those. Like, I didn't watch the other ones uh, that they had on the plane until they showed them all together on TV. Those are much worse. They were just... That took way too long to get to that person <laughs> becoming a zombie in the, the plane bathroom or whatever the heck happened. This looks a little more exciting. This looks like it's building like a couple possibly main characters for our Fear the Walking Dead people to bump into later, so that would be cool. Uh, hope this one can keep the keep the ratings up. Um so I don't know if it was the gore in the first episode actually did lose a bunch of people. Or... There's your map. Oh, there we go. Holy shit. I, I think that that you I'm had a bunch of Google people. <laughs> yeah, you had a bunch of nice. people that, that hung on and waited for that first episode to see who was going to get killed. And, you know, you got the surprise of Abraham and then, you know, Glenn, which... You know, most people knew that Glenn was supposed to die there from the comic book and everything. I think that they were so mad about that that several month stretch they had to wait. And you know, once once it happened, it was kind of like, huh, okay, well, the show's just going to keep on going on. It's going to keep on getting worser and worser and worser still. You know, it's like what could happen with Game of Thrones. As they kill, you know, ultimately Game of Thrones, you know, George R. R. Martin says he sees just a barren field with leaves and uh, graves, yeah. you know, blowing and leaves blowing in the wind and graves because everybody is going to wind up dead and the last person is going to kill themselves because, you know, then <laughs> yeah. that'll probably be the, the young girl, I forget her name. Um, uh, Arya. Arya Stark. Yeah. But, you know, that's, but that's just. The, the way this goes is that the show is, you know, showing this apocalyptic future, not not in the future, it's actually in the past, but it's showing this apocalyptic world and life just gets worse and worse and worse. I mean, they haven't really talked about how difficult it is going to get to get food, to have running vehicles, to, you know, all the things that, that, that they're still utilizing now that they're going to lose really soon. Yeah, and I don't think they ever will. I mean, I think that's going to be one of those suspension of disbelief things that we're just okay, going to have well, to deal with. I've already suspended my disbelief on the fact that nobody upon nobody needs dental care. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's somebody out there going, pull it out, pull it out, pull it out. <laughs> yeah, you would think. Yeah, I've had two things that, that made me want to be eaten by zombies. I'm just like, end it now, please, merciful God. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, as, as as we comic fans have to do constantly in our our preferred works of fiction, you know, it's just 
You just got to let it flow, let it go. <laughs> you know, to get to the... Because, yeah, that would just kill writers, man. Because nerds like us, you know, we, we would be on them about everything. So I think eventually they just kind of... Because they have had episodes earlier where they're starving, they're searching desperately for food. I mean, that's why they made the deal with Alexandria in the first place. So, I mean, they do kind of address it. But, yeah, I mean, we would we would just make writers go insane if they sat around on the internet and, and read all of our little nitpicks and, and tried to address them, I think. So yeah, but, you know... Just, the, the the other thing I was thinking in regards to losing the viewership is that the viewers are smart enough to know that there's going to come a point in the future where Rick is going to make that about face and say, let's fight back. Yeah. Let's band together and take on these guys and let's get rid of Negan. And everybody is waiting for that and they don't want to watch this part. It's, you know, because it's like watching everybody have to drop their pants and get you know, deloused or whatever, you know, no, you, you, you wait till they get to their prison cells and and then you watch them fight. I think you're right there, Brian. Actually, I think that it hasn't necessarily lost viewers that they're just going to, that the show has shot itself in the foot with its own structure lately that, you know, they know that it's going to be the, the big happening is going to be first episode back and, and the last episode before the mid season. Right. And then, you know, why walk back from that and, yeah, and then there's Why a lot watch of in between? Yeah, and so, you know, they'll probably binge watch it later or whatever to catch up, but yeah, I don't think there's as much urgency to to watch every week, except for addicts like myself. I just I just checked the uh, the ratings. They were down to 11 million live viewers last that's week. That's still more than any other show. Yeah, that's still, yeah, that's still so. great numbers for, for them, but yeah, it's down from the... The uh, live plus three numbers haven't come in yet, which will yeah. bump it up another few million. But, but those it, are still good numbers. But it worries me that they haven't learned the lesson from that, and that hopefully they don't like try another fake Glenn death bullshit or unnecessary cliffhanger bullshit. You know, try to bump their numbers because I think the same thing's going to happen. Now they're going to have diminishing returns. They're going to get one good episode back, and then it's just going to slope. Did and, you ever watch? Did you ever watch Kung Fu? Oh yeah. Now, Kung Fu had two two series. It had the original series that they did in the seventies. That yeah. was uh, cre- created by Bruce Lee, basically. But David Carradine took it because, well, they didn't want a Chinese man as a star on a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, David Carradine then had the show re- rebirthed back in the in the eighties. Now, the the one in the seventies took place in the old west. Kwai Chen Kane, a, a, a Shaolin monk with his kung fu skills was walk the land and you know um, do good deeds. And the first couple seasons were fantastic. You know they they, they had this great story going on. He's trying to find his uh, his white father and his who comes to find he's got a brother and all that. But once they got through all those storylines they started going into other realms to, to see if they could bring the ratings back and they went into a mystical area yeah. and they lost the ratings and they killed the show. Yeah. And then in the eighties, it was the same thing for the first couple of seasons. It was, you know, the father teaching the son all about life and Kung Fu and everything. And the son was a cop. And so you had that, that kind of dynamic going on. But after a while, they started bringing the mystical shit in again, and the the show just you know died. Yeah. 
And I see, you know, it's like I'm, I'm afraid these guys are going to bring, you know, they're going to say, well, we've already got this one mystical thing going on and people coming back from the dead. And I say, <laughs> bullshit. It's all scientific. There's a way to explain it. You just bring John Byrne in. He can sit there and tell you how the sun causes it to happen. But <laughs> that being beside the point, someone's going to sit there and say, yeah, we got people rising from the dead. Why can't we have other mystical things happen? And we already got was, a guy named Jesus. Uh, yeah. You know, and a guy who's acting like the devils. Yeah, I almost I was actually thinking the same thing as I was watching this with everyone saying Jesus's name out loud. You know, I'm just like, hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they I could let, go full the I, stand and make you know Jesus basically God's agent and and Negan the devil's agent. And we'll have a nice nuclear ending like that book did. Um, <laughs> well, have we met anyone named Nick on Negan's side? <laughs> no, not yet. Not that I'm aware. He's on the other coast, though. <laughs> and Roddy McDowell's dead, so we know he's not coming back. Yeah. Uh, no, but as far as the whole Jesus thing goes, I live in Texas, and you can't drive down the street without you know running into someone who's called Jesus. Right. So mm. I bet they don't all look like classic white Da Vinci. <laughs> no, they're all they're not all white dudes. <laughs> no. no. It's an alarming character. He's done. He looks too much like a Jesus portrait in this show, though. He looks a little. Looks kind of more like a samurai than anything in the in the comics. Um, he's usually wearing like the man bun, the samurai man, you know, thing. It's called a top knot. Top knot, whatever. I'm not, I'm not up on the. As you know, I'm not up on the latest hair fashions. Latest hair fashions. <laughs> hair fashions. <laughs> <laughs> had the same haircut for 45 years. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Talknut goes back to the Ming Dynasty. Oh, what the Latest. There's your map. Yeah, I sent him a link. Yeah, so, cool. I so really predictions, that. when is Rick going to wake up and make that turnaround? Oh, I, I don't know if it's going to be Rick. I think it's the set. I think the magnetatorship will just take things, you know, she's the one that's going to start organizing this. Yeah, but someone's got to make a turnaround on Alexandria then. Well, Rick will follow. Well, yeah, yeah, Michonne will just lay down the law. She's like, we're fighting him. That's all there is to it. You ever want this ass again, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to war. <laughs> now, so. now, who are the whispers? I, I, you really want to know that? They're very soft-spoken. Yeah, well, they you uh-huh. have to be. They they travel among strange company. Yeah. Um. I don't. Yeah, we might be seeing them. I don't know. It's too soon. Well, yeah, they they may shuffle things around. Looks like we're seeing some kind of weird. I don't know. The, the preview for next week was like that. I saw was like Tara washed up on a beach somewhere. So. The the preview I saw was kind of weird because it seemed like a. Kind of a multi-episode tr- trailer. It didn't. For everything, I'm. It I'm wasn't it's gonna next be, week's episode. It was yeah, coming the, on, the, coming up, yeah. yeah, several. But I saw right. one specific one that had just like Tara being found washed up on a beach. Yeah, I did hear this one is uh, Tara and Heath, and they're supposed to discover some new society that I don't even right. think is in the comics actually. So that's. Exciting. I believe it's going to be CTU. C- to you, okay? Yeah, that's where uh, that's where Heath went for his new job. Okay. <laughs> well, gotcha. the uh, the actor got a job as the, the as a lead in Fox's uh, twenty four reboot. Yeah. 
So that could spell the end of Heath. It could be, yeah. He could very well, like, die off screen or something. <laughs> so, so it could possibly be that, you know, she'll wash up on the beach and uh, Corey Hawkins' new Fox contract will wash up next to her. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other problem with these these storylines that they don't visit for, you know, <clears throat> the entire cast of the, the kingdom may be hired away by the time we get back to them. Because um, <laughs> if you're only going to pay your actors for, like, per episode and shit, man, they can't just, like, okay, I'm going to... I get like one episode this season that's not going to pay my bills um, so yeah they gotta go do some moonlighting well you know a lot of these guys too are probably I mean there's a lot of a lot of actors out there who kind of make their living kind of as TV guest stars yeah yeah so they can sign the deal say we need you this week and then be available this week in a month and a half yeah the times could be written into their contracts yeah absolutely yeah I'm so. for it they can, then they can do whatever in the meantime. Yeah. Unless you're like Gunther on, on Friends. Did any of you watch Friends? Apparently not. The one with the red oh. <laughs> No, they, they had this guy that worked in the coffee shop, right? Yeah, he worked in the coffee shop, and, and that's that's all he did on the show. He was just like this background character, rarely had a line, but he was there for every episode all 10 seasons and he got hired because he knew how to work the cappuccino machine. Yep. <laughs> Another but, episode of friends was, was titled the one with that, yes. that, that. Okay. Uh Oh, are we going to get into No, no, we can't do that. <laughs> Give me an excuse. <laughs> this is about the walking dead. The friend team though. So we'll play that too. <laughs> no, I never I got mean, into that somehow. I don't know. I think my ex-wife maybe made me try to watch a couple episodes or something and so I left her uh, <laughs> kidding that could be my first wife decided to divorce me so over friends over your addiction to friends or your... that that could be it oh was your addiction to friends so yeah, it wasn't her my addiction to friends no she didn't she didn't care for it so are, are we all all done here that's all I got uh, yeah hopefully next week will be interesting <laughs> Well, I no, think we're going to see, I think we're going to see Tara and Heath again. Yeah, which is I've been looking forward to that because yeah, you know, I don't know, everyone else is kind of boring the shit out of me. No, I actually really did like uh, Lauren Cohen's work in this. I mean, she's just been crushing it, um, and I think she's going to be a great Maggie Tater. Uh, looking forward <laughs> to it. So, yeah, well, if the, anyone doesn't listen, going to get run over by the tractor. Yeah, fuck yeah, she's pretty much established her dominance with that one right there. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Gregory wants to face that down at all. No, I don't think Gregory wants to face anything down at all. No. Yeah, he's he's they made him a little too cartoony too compared to the comics, man. He's just I don't He's, he's just looking out for himself. I, he's not well, working yeah, on screen for you. He's a freaking coward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's one thing about him that, that was interesting because, you know, early on when they introduced him, you know, he, he called Maggie whatever he did, like he didn't remember. <laughs> you know, but Bless it you. turns out that he forgets everybody's name, not just yeah. women. Yeah. And I, I, I thought it was just a sexist thing, but I, now I realize he's just no, he's just that kind of kind of stupid, uh, or, or just that kind of you know that it's not important for him to remember anybody. Yeah. Well, he doesn't look at any women's eyes, at least. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know about the men. Uh, well, I, I read one reviewer. 
uh, you know, was guessing maybe he does it on purpose as some kind of, you know, power play or condescension thing, but I don't... No, he's know. just that clueless. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way with names, but I don't... I just don't even bother. I'm like, um, you. You over there. Um, what was your name again? <laughs> yeah. Nah. I'm, I'm, I'm bad when it comes to, you know, when you get into a large group and everybody's telling you who they are. Yeah, no, it goes right and, in and goes right out again. Yeah. I'm terrible with names like that. I just don't absorb them at all. Face is awesome. Name's bad. Mm-hmm. Now, Scott, <laughs> don't you have another show coming out this week? Do I? <laughs> Weekly Heroics? You would yeah, not. Hopefully. Uh, well, not this week, unfortunately. I was trying to get one out this week, and I've had some problems with the audio, so I I put up Marty Moose to, to tell people we're doing renovations and we'll be back next week. <laughs> no, that's one last episode for me to be behind. <laughs> yeah. And, Mike, don't you have a, a show coming out this week? Or no, you just put one out yesterday or day before, right? Yeah, I put one out on Tuesday. Cool. Uh, Tim Elliott has told me that we're going to have our latest episode of Third Degree Burnout Friday. Hopefully, he's he's putting so soon after the last one. Yeah, well, this was a uh, a shoot the shoot the bull episode where we did our top five lists. Um, so it's you know we're not going over one particular book, but we're going to talk about a bunch of them in in smaller detail as as we go over some of our favorite storylines and favorite <clears throat> favorite issues. Oh, that's your, uh, yeah, I heard you guys talking about that in the last one, the top five uh, burn runs or issues or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was a lot of fun, Tim. And I, uh, he's been really, really busy at his, at his job. Uh, and so we've had not had much time to, to talk or, or anything. And we hadn't recorded much. We've got, uh, we're supposed to be recording this weekend sometime. And, uh, uh, this is going to be going over all the email and stuff that we uh, received and hadn't had a chance to respond to. So I'll be recording that, and we're hopefully going to be recording with Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell uh, sometime Ooh. soon uh, on, on a book that they said that they definitely wanted to be a part of. So that's uh, that's what we're trying to schedule next as far as the books we're covering. And, uh, uh, still waving my hand over here to be on – third degree burn for some x-men talk if you ever want me oh absolutely <laughs> i guess that's it anyone else uh you'll be listening to this after turkey day but we hope you've had a healthy and safe holiday and well actually not very healthy eat all you want eat make as it a much non-politics night that and you'll too probably well, not fight yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was ready to fight about politics when i get home but now i have to fight about a car so <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot. Y'all have fun. Have a great weekend. You guys enjoy too. your Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's your fear of the walking dead. That's your fear of the walking dead cast, kids. You can email us at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye bye. You've been listening to Fear the Walking Dead cast on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. He's totally the man, the man with the plan. He traveled through time in an awesome custom van. Moralistically, he taught us to be good, how to set our souls free, and do all the shit we should. Now we do the right deeds, we go to church and such, and we stop smoking weed, well at least not as much. (laughs) And we can't forget to mention the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them. Slam, bam, spooky man, do unto you!
obviously horrified and fascinated. It's gonna 